106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. What was President Biden and OSHA's plan if 84 million Americans refuse to comply with the vaccine mandate or show their papers? That's categorically untrue. We didn't threaten anyone, and we didn't demand that anyone be fired. Did forcing two-year-olds to wear masks save and, lives? And who did the forcing? Well, this, your department, or the Head Start, which is under your department, had a mask mandate until late last year for two-year-olds and above, even outdoors. Uh, so can you point to any public health benefit of that policy? Right. We, we never forced anyone to do anything because we don't have the jurisdiction or authority to do that. Did you encourage states to adopt student vaccine mandates? Yesterday? I did not encourage states to adopt uh, student vaccine mandates. Where states, excuse me, sir, you said right here, not only do I support it, but I'm encouraging states to come up with a plan to make sure it happens. The title of the article is Education Secretary Backs Mandatory School COVID-19 Mandates. Mr. Parker, you're one of a number now of officials in this administration who has come before this committee uh, and tried to tell us that two plus two uh, doesn't equal four. Uh, sitting in the chair that you're in now, uh, the Secretary of Education uh, testified, gave false testimony to this committee, uh, denying that he had promoted a student vaccine mandate when he had done precisely that. Uh, sitting in the chair that you're in now, the Secretary of Health and Human Services uh, made one of the most outlandish statements ever entered into the congressional record, which is saying quite a lot uh, when he said, we never force anyone to do anything in relation to the widely discredited policy of forcing uh, young children as young as two years old uh, to wear masks. And now you come before us today, uh, asked about one of the most sweeping uh, abuses of power uh, that we've seen that was rebuked by the Supreme Court, and you tell us that we didn't demand that anyone be fired. So has there been some sort of memo going around? Why is the administration insistent on rewriting history? All you have to do is read that rule and you will see that it is not a vaccine mandate. Jamal Bowman pulled the fire alarm. He pulled it worse than Jeffrey Tobin on a Zoom call. You know what I'm talking about. I call it honking his hedgehog. He was pulling it like nobody's ever pulled it before. But he pulled the fire alarm at low IQ, AOC was running for her life. She was fearing for her life. She thought the whole world was on fire. What a terrible thing. He pulled the fire alarm and I got indicted for it. You believe that? They indicted me for something he did. You see it in the picture. They should arrest him. They should take his mugshot and it won't be as beautiful as my mugshot. You know, the people are calling it the Mona Lisa mugshot. It's a beautiful mugshot. This is the worst attack in the history of our country. He's attacked our democracy, a worse attack than Chris Christie on a box of Krispy Kreme. That's pretty bad when you talk about it, when you think about it. That's a big, beautiful attack. Jamal Bowman should be facing jail time, obstructing an official proceeding. He should face the consequences for what he did. A terrible attack on our great country, believe me. You are not going to believe this. Pure vandalism that's what it is so in the people's republic of wales where communist leader drakeford has implemented 20 miles an hour speed limits everywhere which means that you drive slower than a fat bird walking pushing a stroller full of triplets people are sawing down those 20 mile an hour speed limit posts using cordless angle grinders 34.99 at little and i just think that's vandalism and it's disgusting so you can just go to a little, a little, and you can buy this cordless angle grinder 
$34.99. I know nothing. They're even advertising it, promoting it in their promotional literature that people are reading and then making these purchases so they can chop down the 20 mile an hour speed limits, which stop you going about your business and just trying to get shit done. It's disgusting. So first we had the vandals using foam filler from tool station to take down Sadiq Khan's Euless spy cameras. I mean, people tried to, you know, go about their jobs, clean the city, serve their healthcare needs. You know, they needed to be spied on. People have been filling those with foam filler, 669 from tool station. Then in the latest act of vandalism, people were slashing the tires of the mobile ULEZ spy cameras, disgusting, using blades, available at all major retailers, prices may vary. And if that wasn't enough, now this, cordless angle grinders being used to take down the 20 mile an hour speed limit signs. I mean, I just think, I wonder what the world is coming to. Pure vandalism, I have a good mind to tweet Gary Lineker, oh Lord love him, or maybe even Jeremy Vine. You know, they should be aware of the sort of vandalism that's going on. People running around with these things, 34.99 from Lidl. I call it disgusting. I think black people starting to open eyes up, man. You crazy. Black people blind as hell. Boy, I just watched a video of Joe Biden literally saying they need to come up with a new vaccine and they need to come up with a way that people have to take it no matter what. I'm going to explain something very clear to you if you think for one second you're gonna force me to take any thing that you tell me to do i will you up homie <laughs> you and whatever army you send in the process you give me hope man that new vaccine keith does it give you immunity i don't think so i think it's like the other one remember when it first came out hey take the vaccine you ain't gotta wear a mask you ain't gonna die then they took it like oh man <laughs> yeah man i got it you still wearing a mask ha <laughs> ha I don't feel so good. Take this COVID test, man. What? I'm positive. <laughs> then you look at your family and they look at you, then they be like, <coughs> you gave it to me. <laughs> we need you to stay in your home for a couple weeks. It's for the greater good. We need you to close your business just for a short time. It's for the greater good. We need you to stay home just a little bit longer than two weeks. It's, it's for the greater good. We need you to wear this on your face. It's, it's for the greater good. We need you to wear two of these on your face. It's for the greater good. We need you to inject this into your body. It's for the greater good. We need you to spend the holidays alone. It's for the greater good. You must inject this into your body if you want to feed your family. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop eating that. It's not good for the environment. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop driving your car and flying. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop heating your home so often. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop saying that. It's hurting some people's feelings. This is for the greater good. We need you to stop having children. It's not good for the planet. This is for the greater good. We need you to stop talking about your faith. It's offending people. This is for the greater good. We need to separate you from your children because you're not complying. This is for the greater good. We need to hold you in a facility for a little while for not cooperating. This is for the greater good.
to the host of No Hostages Radio. And we will be here. Uh, uh, this, this show should be showing up on uh, the 7th of October. And it is episode number 236. You can l- look at past podcasts on our website at nohostagesradio.com. You can reach me by email at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Or you can send me a text or call me at the only number I use is 530-713-1838. I'm on the left coast right now up in Northern California doing this show. So just give you an idea of time changes uh, depending on where you're listening from. But call anytime, text anytime, or email anytime uh, you want to chat or send information, whatever you please. So we'll do six 20-minute segments tonight, and um, as I mentioned, they'll be ready. Uh, they'll shoot however you get it from us. If you go to your favorite podcast source, that will be Saturday morning, the 7th of October. So uh, <clears throat> just left a Freedom Coalition meeting tonight, and uh, that's why one Wednesday night a month I'm uh, – I'm at that meeting, so it puts me late getting the show together. But uh, we had a good meeting tonight. If you want to keep up with us, you can go to a website where uh, it's kind of a, a news magazine of what's going on in the United States. It's called freedomco.net. That's the website, freedomco.net. And uh, we created that a few years ago during COVID to withstand the government lies. And so we're continuing on trying to stay ahead of them with the deception and the uh, takeover of our personal lives uh, and take away our freedoms. So we're with them now, and we're, we're in it for the fight at freedomco.net, or Freedom Coalition Network. And, um, but we, we are much farther ahead than we were when COVID started, and uh, they just kind of socked us really hard in the mouth. It took us a while to get it together, but now we're together and we're on the move. So we're at a meeting there tonight discussing uh, relevant things to take care of in our community of Yuba Sutter. My argument is if you can't take care of your own community and get it dialed in constitution-wise, no use worrying about the state or the federal government. Uh, My friend Randy Mitchell, who uh, has become a target of Gavin Newsom in the state of California, Randy Mitchell refused to close his barbershops during COVID. And even though uh, Gavin Newsom uh, admitted, confessed to the fact that they made a mistake on how they managed COVID, uh, Randy Mitchell is being sued for somewhere between 122 and 122,000 plus not for fines, 
but for the cost that the state of California claims it took to investigate him over the years. So he still operates today, but he has that hanging over his head, similar to what Don Trump is is they're trying to do is destroy Don Trump's businesses in New York. Randy's been posting on Facebook. He's vocal on Facebook. And he says, when the state of California keeps you from building, creating, and working, that's communism. That's what they try, they're trying to do to me. And then he put at Team Uppercut Social Club. That's what he calls himself now is the Uppercut Social Club as opposed to Uppercut Barbershops. He's now a private membership organization, and he's left the uh, plantation of the state of California's uh, licensing system, which is baloney. And uh, But that's what's going on. You don't have to go to a communist country to see this. It's happening right around us every day. Einstein, Albert Einstein, uh, I have a great book that's written about Albert Einstein and his quotes and, and some of the views he had. Albert Einstein said in 1949, there will come a time when the rich own all the media and it will be impossible for the public to make an informed opinion. Do you want me to say that once more? That's what's going on right now. He said there will be a time. There will come a time when the rich own all the media and it will be impossible for the public to make an informed decision. Uh, said around the year of 1949. A lot of what a psychological operation is, or a PSYOP, it's an an effort to keep you confused and focus on the next confusing thing and keep you myopic, looking out down at what where your next step is going to be instead of understanding the big picture. This is a big picture type phrase. It says there's no plan to fix anything because the plan was always to destroy everything. If you can get that into your brain and understand there is no plan to make things better, the, the plan is to make things worse and to reduce the population of the world down to one half billion or what that turns out to be in another way we could say it is 500 million that's going to be a lot of people dying some people believe and have evidence for that the covid blog guy brian says that he's convinced and has the figures to prove it that the population of the world has shrunk already by 1 billion because of the covid effects of of uh the covid jab and uh the effects on abortion causing miscarriages, causing people unable to conceive, and just simply killing people through um, brain, brain, brain cancer, throat cancer, all kinds of cancers, uh, clots in the brain, clots in the legs, clots, uh, irritation of the heart, everything. The idea is, is to destroy everything. Once you start to see that, then it makes more sense what's going on and why they're doing it. This one guy says, stop referring to the Biden family corruption as Hunter's business dealings. Actually, what's going on is this was Joe's business. Hunter was just a middleman. When we grew up, we uh, were focused on satellite travel because it was new. And we were focused on things like the Russians putting a man in space. They were the first to do it, supposedly. So we were scrambling around to, to copy them. 
And this is a meme that shows Joe Biden in a button-down shirt, no special suit, standing on the moon uh, and, and next to a guy in a full full uniform, you know, a full uh, suit because you can't breathe up there. And it says, I remember being there the day Michael Armstrong first did that moonwalk thing. Well, first of all, it wasn't Michael Armstrong. It was Neil Armstrong. And there's no questions regarding whether they even went to the moon. You might think, oh, Lou, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Well, there's just a lot of crazy things surrounding it. For example, have you ever looked at photos of the uh, people on the moon and wondered who took those photos? And did they bring on a photographer? Or if they were showing the guy first, the first guy out of the capsule stepping on the moon, who was outside the capsule taking the photo? I mean, they're just some interesting things. And there's other stories of Hollywood creating a moonscape in one of their major warehouses. So it just gets you to thinking. And uh, also recently, the head of NASA was uh, interviewed. I actually saw it, a brief clip from it. And he was asked a simple question. Are you ever planning to go back to the moon? And the gentleman said, to my amazement, no, we don't have the technology to do that nowadays. And I thought, isn't it so interesting that our technology is continuing to increase from typewriters, from pencils to pen and ink, to typewriters, to uh, word processors, to big computers, to laptop computers, to tablets, to phones. And the technology just keeps getting more amazing, more amazing, more amazing. But at NASA... All of a sudden, they admit we have no idea how to get to the moon anymore. Now, that just should cause everyone to pause. I hope by now you're understanding that climate change is a fraud. The end of the earth is a fraud. The fact that we're running out of things is a fraud. We're running out of oil. It's a fraud. It's a lie. So there's a beautiful hamburger, a double, a double meat, double patty hamburger with lettuce, cheese melted down the side, tomatoes, onions, and some mustard. Beautiful hamburger. It says companies are bragging about making plants taste like meat. Have you heard that? And then it says cows have been doing that forever. Now, if that if you if you have a problem with understanding the common sense in that, that's unbelievable. Now, if you're a God fearing person, you believe in God, you believe the Bible, you know that nothing weird is going to happen unless God's going to bring it to pass. In other words, we're not going to run out of anything. And cows created by God and people created by God are not in conflict with one another. And cows are not ruining the world by farting. All this is stupidity on behalf of the elite who think they're smarter than everybody else. They're actually really dumb. Have you ever looked up the word 
binary or non-binary. Let me look it up for you, and I'm just going to read it to you. Okay, here we go. I'm just going to read it to you right off, off my computer screen. It says non-binary. Non-binary and gender queer are umbrella terms for gender identities that are not solely male or female. Do you got that? Hold that thought. You want me to say it again? Non-binary and gender queer are umbrella terms for gender identities that are not solely male or female. That means somebody says they're, they're not male and they're not female. They said, we're not, not I'm non-binary. All right, now let, let me go down here and just say what I'm going to say. This, this meme says, how do you say non-binary? Remember what I just said it meant? How do you say non-binary in Spanish? The term non-binary translated to Spanish as no binario. That's the masculine form of non-binary. And the fem feminine is non-binaria, depending on the gender of the person. That should cause you to, your brain to tweak just a tad. If you know much about languages, not so much in, in the uh, English language, but in Spanish... Everything is broken down into two genders. That's all you're offered is the feminine way to say the word and the masculine way. Now, I was telling you about Joe Biden making a stupid comment about being with Michael Armstrong, which there was no Michael Armstrong on the Apollo shot that made it to the moon, supposedly. There was a guy named Yuri Gagarin. And uh, he was a Russian. And I remember my mother was very interested. She, did, she was not a high school graduate until she, I graduated from high school. Then she went back to school. But she was a fairly smart lady. But she didn't have a lot of formal schooling. And she was very interested in all these, these satellites shooting up. And, and we would watch them at night out of our backyard. And all of a sudden, the Soviets claimed they sent... a a cosmonaut or pilot up in a, in a uh, capsule in a rocket and then a capsule. And he, f he went around the earth. He was the first human in space. And, uh, on April 12, 1961. And, uh, his name was Yuri. I'll, I'll skip his middle name. Gagarin. And, uh, this is kind of a, uh, tongue-in-cheek he was a soviet pilot and cosmonaut who aboard uh the first successful crude crude space flight in other words they've sent up capsules before but nobody in there he became the first human being to journey into outer space the russians beat us isn't that something and it says traveling on vostok one gagarin completed one orbit of the earth okay that's the facts and then this meme says, Yuri Gagarin didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he trained all his life just so he could spend 108 minutes outside the Soviet Union. Now, if you're a recent birthed person, you're a youngster, 
You have no idea what I just said there. But anybody that knew anything about Soviet Russia, or they called it the Soviet Union, or Eastern Europe, or East Berlin, or any other communist country, Romania, whatever, you could not leave the country. You were a captive of the nation. And even if you wanted permission, you could not go. Many times, sports teams, when they competed overseas, communist sports teams, that's when you would get somebody fleeing the team and, and trying to obtain asylum. So this was making the point that Yuri Gagarin, he used incredible discipline, no, no alcohol, no, no smoking, trained all his life just so he could spend 108 minutes which was the amount of that flight outside Soviet Russia. Just pick a picture of him. The sad thing about Yuri is he died in a fighter plane crash at only 34 years of age. He and his co-pilot. This person says the fact that Klaus Schwab, he's the head of the World Economic Forum, is walking around breathing and seeing things is proof that someone didn't do their job during World War II. What they're talking about is killing, hanging his parents, his father, who was a Nazi and uh, a, a Nazi leader. And I've been doing some study on it. It's very fascinating. And it's a worthwhile endeavor. Klaus Schwab. Do you know a lot of the, um, at the Nuremberg trials, a lot of Nazis, uh, various occupations, whether it's a med medical occupation like nurse or doctor, or whether it was a scientist, or whether it was a military man, or a politician's politician, or people that carried out deaths in the camp. They were hung, shot, or spent a lot of time in prison. And so a lot of the questions is, is why did some Nazis get secretly brought to the United States and other parts of the world? They were spared their demise because we wanted to use their knowledge to further some of their perverted ways. I wanted to mention, um, I was talking, let me see if I can pull this up really quick. Oh, I think we're about out of time here. Uh, let me, uh, let me go back up here and I'm just going to give a shout out to our guys over at the elite universal security who are at 5548 Feather Boulevard in Yuba County. They provide all kinds of security services to all, all branches of society, including the government, whether you're home or commercial or industrial or farming, ag, whatever, or you're doing a teardown on a building or building something, they will, they will make sure it's secure. So you can reach them at 530-749-0280. They started in Yuba County, but now have, have uh, outlets all up and down uh, Northern California, all the way to the Oregon border. If you're listening to me from up there and you think, well, maybe I'd like to pick up a part-time job or a full-time job doing that. I'm retired, but with I never expected gas to be four, four times what it was when we uh, ended Trump. So uh, maybe you need an extra job, 7490280. That's a 530 area code. Call them up. They'll put you to work or call them up, and they will uh, come and do a job for you and secure some of your belongings, or maybe you're just feeling insecure or your family's feeling insecure and you need some help. So um, 
give them a shout out. And also, if you need help with managing a gun, handling a gun, knowing how to use it, clean it, shoot it, uh, know the rules, uh, and get some practice in, they can do all that at their site here down in Yuba County. And they will uh, they have a range where they can teach you how to shoot that gun. So check them out. That's Elite Universal Security. They also have a website, EliteUniversalSecurity.com. We're going to be right back, and we'll come back with our second segment, and I'm going to tell you about some ladies down in Texas. I lost my virginity to a pedophile. I was 15, anorexic. He was 58. He was my teacher. For months, he groomed me and then abused me almost every day, before school, after school, in my uniform, on the floor. Publicly, he described his crimes as awesome and enviable. Publicly, I was silenced by law. Not anymore. I remember him towering over me, blocking the door. I remember him saying, don't tell anybody. I remember him saying, don't make a sound. Well, hear me now. Using my voice amongst a growing chorus of voices that will not be silenced. But in many Catholic schools, they have been subverted. And we have the issue right here in Detroit with the St. Therese Shrine School, where you have the militant, whatever, lesbian-promoting teacher shilling gay nonsense, the gay propaganda. And the Harvey you know, Milk poster. Yeah, exactly, the Harvey Milk poster. Fourth graders need to learn about this bad guy. No. And then they get dealt with with kid gloves. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff, that shenanigans when you're homeschooling. You you can just be like, kids, here's the faith, here's the catechism, we're going to learn this today. Do you hope that President Biden will run again in 2024? You know, I, 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 I will have to see. Here's the scenario that I think is perhaps most likely and most dangerous. In August of 2024, the Democrat kingmakers jettison Joe Biden and parachute in Michelle Obama. So Michelle Obama, number one, you don't infuriate. African-American women, which is a critical part of the constituency that Democrats are relying on. The stupidity in this. First of all, whoever's polling Michelle Obama is that popular. Better go start asking some black people. And I don't care whether they're left or right, because they see her as the one who got paid and went to Martha's Vineyard and doesn't represent them. That's just the way it is. Uh, so you've got a difference between between a word salad and Hillary Clinton just looks a little bit differently, who is an unlikable person. Democrats are in trouble. Strategically, I could see them trying to Michelle Obama, maybe Gavin Newsom as the, you know, the soy boy, you know, white put in vice president. What would you do with Kamala Harris then? What about this idea that the Democrats are going to uh, roll in Michelle Obama at the end of the day? 
Uh, ask Kamala Harris if she wants to be rolled out for Michelle Obama. She ran for president. She wants to be president. The only way she can go is if she says, you know what, I'm so incompetent, I'm out of here. She will not do that. They've got a huge problem. It's called Joe Biden. Their second problem is called Kamala Harris, and they're not going anywhere. Do you ever run for office? No. I have to ask it. No. No, no kind of office? No. It's not something that I'm interested in or would ever do, ever. I will not run for president. You have to go back to the White House. Your country needs you. If asked to serve, I believe she would serve. Never take teenage boys to Europe. It's a waste of time and money. <laughs> don't do it. They don't care about a statue of David. I thought it was gorgeous. They just laugh for like two hours. <laughs> Look at his balls. <laughs> I thought it was a work of art. One thing that was funny, we went to Italy and my wife studied Italian for a year so she could speak and everything. So I'm in the gym and I'm on the treadmill and when it went faster, it said difficulta. And I thought I can speak Italian if I add a vowel and cop an attitude. <laughs> so we're in Lake Como, I know, we're, we're there waiting for the, the, uh, the boat to come up, whatever, the ferry. And my wife's looking, trying to figure out how to ask when it's gonna arrive. And I, I just leaned in and went, Arrivi de botti. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> I was our interpreter for a week. It was like, because when you go on Lake Como, every boat driver goes, you like to see a Georgia Clooney's house. They're obsessed with George Clooney. <laughs> Pictures in every restaurant of George, you know. So after the 10th time, I just yelled at the guy, uh, a sick of the Clooney. <laughs> I heard him under his breath go, bunch of fucking bullshit. <laughs> we went to Rome. Okay, so Rome is unbelievable. Like, we were in the Roman Colosseum, and my wife and I are having the time of our life. It's history, it's Rome, my God. My son, 18 at the time, no exaggeration, literally said this. Uh, is this pretty much all we're gonna do today? <laughs> I said, yeah, pretty much. But you fucking bullshit. <laughs> I kind of love that attitude. There's a rhythm to that. When I heard it, I thought, I'm going to use that as a catchphrase. But you fucking bullshit. And I tried to give it to my son, because he's a stand-up comedian. He's the one who said it. He goes, it doesn't sound funny to me. <laughs> I would use it in real life. The IRS tries to audit you. But you fucking bullshit. <laughs> Doing stuff. Are those millennials arriving? Anyone? Millennials? Uh, yeah. All right. Under 35? Yeah. Awesome. Look at you. She's gorgeous. Wow. Young, pretty. Look at these millennials coming in late, man. Hitting the bar kind of hard. They'll hold the seats. <laughs> You're like superheroes. Enjoy your youth, man. Touch your toes. Never take a nap. Pound those drinks, wake up fresh. <laughs> you guys are not gonna mess up your life like the baby boomers. We were way too ambitious, man. <laughs> Millennials, you're not gonna mess up your life. You're gonna work small, live small. <laughs> Smart.
Smart. Have some roommates. Maybe own a bike. Welcome back. We're at the second segment of six, and I uh, want to give a shout out to the guys over at uh, All Power Services at uh, in Yuba City, South Yuba City. They're looking at located at one four six nine Stewart Road, there, right off Highway ninety nine, going towards the west. Very easy to get to. You can reach them on uh, text or call 530-844-0347, or you could uh, dial a landline at 530-790-5100, 790-5100. These guys do just what their name says, all power services. So they service, that means they put back into action, they fix, they make it useful again. All those items that you bought that had power to them that now don't work quite right. They're either skipping or have a short in them, or they're running poorly, or they don't work like they used to when it was new. So whether it's a small hand tool, or a mower, or a weed eater, or a chainsaw, or a power washer, anything that has power to it, whether it's electric power, gas power, whatever, they can put it back together for you and give it to you all brand new. Uh, Run by a guy named Will Fanning. And a whole group of guys. There's one of his sidekicks is Josh James, but you'll get to know him once you take your stuff over there. All Power Services at 1469 Stewart Road in Yuba City. Um, also, I want to mention Alan's Auto Body. That's where I take my car when it gets in a fight or somebody messes with it. If your car gets vandalized or maybe a part breaks off your seat, something in your seat breaks, your belt seat belt breaks, something weird happens. And uh, you need an auto body guy to put it together. Kevin Clark at Allen's Auto Body can do that for you. He owns it with his wife, Carrie, and their sons work with him. They're on Sutter Street in Yuba City, and it's just at the cross street of Tea Garden. You can't miss it. It's a bright yellow building. If you want to give them a shout-out by phone, you could call their landline, 530-671-1057. Now, I was just about to tell you about a book that's coming out. I believe it's out now. And uh, it was it's being pitched uh, by some gals I'm going to tell you about after I t- mentioned the book. It's called The War on Ivermectin. The War on Ivermectin. Subtitle, The Medicine That Saved Millions and Could Have Ended the Pandemic. The Medicine That Saved Millions and Could Have Ended the Pandemic. But the government didn't want that to happen. It's written by a fellow named Dr. Pierre Corey, K-O-R-Y, with help from Jenna McCarthy and forward by Dell Bigtree. So uh, that is going to be a blockbuster book. Everybody should read it if you want to see how bad your government is. So I want to flip right over here because I talked to these two ladies from Texas on the phone this week. And one of them is a lady named Laura Bartlett, 
and the other is a lady named Greta Crawford. Fine ladies. Greta had the unfortunate, I don't know her whole story, but I think eventually I'm going to meet up with them, and she'll tell her whole story. Greta Crawford got five uh, injections or series of shots of, of remdesivir, which is the killer drug that wipes most people out that ever get it. Somehow she survived. I know there's a story behind it, but these ladies have devoted their lives and, uh, and are counseling people for free on how to go to the hospital if you have to go, like you get in a car accident, you have appendicitis, you break your arm, something happens, right? You got to go. You got to go to get repaired. But you know that the hospital no longer is what we used to believe it was, a place of healing and love and care. It's now what I call a place of murder, a place of homicide. How do you how do you prepare yourself? I, I had a Saturday night after church, I had a couple come up to me, probably in their 50s. And uh, he, they were talking to me about some other issues, and then they got to talking about COVID. And he said he, his sister went to the hospital, I think it was a Sacramento hospital, and um, they got in there, and they said, we do not want any remdesivir. We don't want this, we don't want that. And they started arguing, the, the staff started arguing with them. And uh, they eventually injected the sister with remdesivir, and she'd already had a bad kidney. Remdesivir shuts down your kidneys. You remember the early days of COVID when they said one of the side effects of COVID is it shuts down your kidneys and your other organs? That was all a complete lie. Remdesivir, remdesivir destroys your organs. So these ladies have done their homework, and you don't have to do that work. And you don't have to go hire an attorney. What you need to do is go to their websites. I'm going to give you two websites. One is Our Patient Rights. Patient is singular. Ourpatientrights.com. You can download forms, and they'll tell you there how to prepare them. So, And then I'm going to give you a second site. And uh, let me look down here. I'm looking for it right now. Come on. Uh, hospital hostage help. It's all one word. Hospital hostage help.com. The forms are over at ourpatientrights.com. You can download those that paperwork and print it out. And then you can take it to a notary and sign it before a notary. And then you give your loved ones who would would have your back during a crisis, they would give that docu those documents to the caregivers at the hospital, including a certified copy. And it's all, you don't have to write down what I'm saying. I'm just telling you how to go to the, go to this place and just get it done. Everybody should have it done. And it, a notary costs, I don't know, 20 bucks, I don't know, 15, 20, $25 to have it notarized. You're good to go. This is going to put some legal clout behind you going to the hospital and getting what you want, not what you don't want. You don't want to stick up your nose checking for COVID. You don't want them to uh, jab you with the vaccine. You don't want to get a ventilator. You, you don't want this. You don't want that. We have a 
there there is no question that there's going to be another shutdown. It's going to happen. Prepare for it. I'm trying to prepare you for it. If you want to, you can also go on the freedomcode.net website, freedomcode.net, and you can look up. You can find these ladies right there, Laura Bartlett and Greta Crawford. They have videos as well explaining things to you, and I think even Greta Crawford's testimony is there that you can uh, see what happened to her, and they are trying to prevent you. And as there's, I read uh, last week, I don't know whether I did that on this show. Maybe I didn't, but I read, maybe it was on the live show, I read many, many people and I gave their names of people who actually wrote on when they were going to the hospital and they were sick with COVID. They wrote on their arm, I don't want remdesivir. They wrote on in ink, in ink, Sharpie ink. And on the other side, they wrote their sister's name and her phone number. They went ahead and gave the person remdesivir any, anyway and killed them. They had a nurse at one hospital that got uh, sick with COVID and she said, I do not want remdesivir. I do not want remdesivir. I do not want. She knew exactly what she was getting. And they screamed at her over and over again. The doctor screamed at her and said, the insurance is not going to pay for your stay here if you don't take remdesivir. Finally, she didn't want the bills to go to her children. She took the remdesivir and it, she was dead in two days. I could just go on and tell you story after story after story. I don't think I'm going to convince you one way or the other. You probably got your mind made up. I'm just telling you that there are millions of people that have been abused and killed by the hospital system, the, the medical system of this country and other countries. And Laura Bartlett and Greta Crawford can help you by you going to ourpatientrights.com or hospitalhostagehelp.com. You got it? So they're also on their Facebook site. Uh, they are promoting Pierre Corey's book. Now, Pierre Corey got into trouble with the medical community because he came out and stood up against COVID, against the lies talking about COVID and the fact that there was nothing they can do for you except put you in the hospital when you got really sick. And they, they offer no prevention, no prevention strategy. So, the war on ivermectin, you should go get it. I, I don't know. I, I think wherever you go get your. Um, let me just say this. There's a little write up here. Let me just give a, give a little deal. It said big farm and health agencies cry. Don't take ivermectin. A median immediate storm follows. Why then does the science say just the opposite? Ivermectin is a dirty word in the media. It doesn't work. It's a deadly horse dewormer prescribe or promote it and you'll be called a right-wing quack be banned from social media lose your license to practice medicine and yet entire countries wiped out the virus with it and more than 95 studies show it to be unequivocally effective in preventing and treating COVID-19 if it didn't work why was there a coordinated global campaign to cancel it what's the truth about the decades-old Nobel Prize winning medication the war on ivermectin is the personal and professional narrative of Dr. Pierre Corey and his crusade to recommend a safe, inexpensive generic medicine as the key to ending the pandemic. Written with Jenna McCarthy, 
Corey's story chronicles the personal attacks, professional setbacks, and nefarious efforts of the world's major health agencies and medical journals to dismiss and deny ivermectin efficacy. Part personal narrative, part scathing expose, the war on ivermectin highlights the catastrophic impacts of the mass media censorship and relentless propaganda that led to the greatest humanitarian crisis in the history of the earth. Uh, It's published through ICON, I-C-A-N Press, uh, an imprint of Skyhorse Publishing. I can, uh, it's called Informed Consent Action Network, is a nonprofit organization investing in the safety, medical, da-da-da. So I don't know whether it's on Amazon, but you can, if you put it, go to ICANN. I called it ICON, but it's ICAN, I-C-A-N, one word, I-C-A-N, press. And just go go there and order a copy for you and some of your friends. Okay? Uh, I don't know whether you saw this recently. Do you know that January 6th uh, now is being revealed as a, an FBI operation? The people coming to Washington came to support Donald Trump. What I'm talking about is the chaos, uh, the the criminal activity, the 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 crazy uh, behaviors were uh, seeded and stimulated, and the FBI were the catalysts for the January 6th deal. It was entire setup by the libs and the FBI and the CIA. Uh, so January 6th. Uh, I'll talk maybe about it later, but it's entirely corrupt. People were, in fact, I've met some of them. They weren't even uh, trying to do anything. They were just standing and praying at at the plaza and they were arrested and put in jail. People didn't go into the building or they just walked in the building. You know that the police opened the building up for people, right? People just walking around and they got arrested and got years in prison. Now, now, they, they said, well, how dare you interfere with this sacred place where we make all these rules, right? Now we have a guy, a congressman, named Jamal Bowman. I don't know if you've heard about him or not. He was, he was fretting over a vote over the budget. He's a Democrat. And so he wanted to delay the vote because it wasn't going to go as he hoped. So what he did was... He didn't filibuster. He didn't do anything legal. What he did is he pulled a fire alarm in the same building that was that was uh, visited by some of the protesters or the crowd that day, and they all got arrested. They just went in. Most of them just walked in. They didn't break anything, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. U.S. Congressman Jamal Bowman pulled the fire alarm, which immediately brought all the response from emergency responders, and people had to vacate the premises. He stopped the procedures. The Congress was in session differently than during January 6th. Congress was in session and trying to do the, the work of the people. Jamal Bowman tried to cheat and forced the thing not to go forward. Now, we've seen where 
and how entire uh, caucuses, Democrat, mainly Democrats out of Texas, have got on a plane and flown outside the, the state to avoid losing a vote to the Republicans. We've seen that. Now we have a guy that does the, actually worse than most people that are in jail at January 6th in, in the gulag there in, in uh, Washington, D.C. And so far, he hasn't seen a day in jail. He pulled, he's actually, they have a film of him pulling the fire alarm. You know, it's got one of those red boxes and you just pull down the lever and it sets up the fire alarm. You can actually hear it. You can see him do it. And he, and he gives, he's gives some stupid lies. You know, these people are full of lies. So, uh, they were trying to stall a vote on stop gap funding bill, uh, to keep the federal government operating and avert a shutdown. Jamal Bowman wanted to create more havoc. He wanted to stall the vote. And so he pulled the alarm and caused an evacuation. Uh, Congressman Nicole Maliotakis formally introduced a resolution backed by 12 other Republicans to expel her former uh, her fellow New York congressman. Said Mr. Bowman's juvenile actions violated both federal and local law and he must be held accountable. Do you think he will? I don't believe he's going to do nothing's going to happen to this guy. One, he's obese. Two, he's black. I don't know whether he's a homosexual or not. He maybe is, uh, but he's a congressman and everything is leaning in his way to avoid the January 6th gulag. So they had to evacuate the Cannon House office building, which contains the offices of several of the House representative lawmakers, such as that the fire alarm went off. So. They got him. They got him on camera. It's like it's like if they catch you on camera committing a crime and it's and they can see it's you beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, at least they caught you. But if you're a congressman, do you know that that these Congress people, I don't know where they still have it. They used to have a fund millions of dollars in it to pay off. People that had sexual accusations of sexual perversion against uh, people in the Senate and the house. And they would actually pay, uh, pay them off to drop the charges and just go away. Did you know that they, they have taxpayer dollars. They, they didn't like chip into the kitty, the different Congress people. They actually took our tax money to pay off victims that were molested or, or raped or whatever by these terrible people that we call our uh, leaders in Washington, D.C. Mr. Bowman posted on Twitter, I condemn the use of the term Nazi out of its precise definition, he wrote. It is important to specify the term Nazi to refer to members of the Nazi party and neo-Nazis because he had referred to the Republicans as Nazis. Republicans need to instead focus their energy on Nazi members of their own party. So he calls certain members of the Republicans Nazis. So uh, we're about to about to wind down here on our second segment. And let me just give a shout out to Nellie Garcia at North Valley Paralegal. If you have any legal needs, you're much better off going to a paralegal than you are an attorney. It, unless maybe you're in for murder 
or something like that. But if you your average legal need does not need an attorney, and it's uh, you're not going to get the service you get with North Valley Paralegal anyway. So if you go over 1110 Civic Center Boulevard at Suite 202A in Yuba City, or you dial her up at 530-751-9289, 751-9289, you'll get Yanelli Garcia, who is an ace, and many of the attorneys have her do their work, or they, when they go on vacation, they'll have her handle their business, or when they retire, they'll turn over their business to her. North Valley Paralegal, again, Leventon Civic Center Boulevard, right off Highway 20, across from the Sutter County Sheriff's Department. We'll be right back with our third segment. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to hear it in your pot. You'll own nothing. And be happy. Ain't got no cash, ain't got no car, but 24 booster shots in your arm. Oh, nothing. Be happy. You can't even buy shit in the store because of your low social credit score. Oh, nothing. You will own nothing and be happy. Hi, Dr. Scott Jensen. I'm running to be the next governor of Minnesota. They lied to us. That's what I'm hearing every day from voters and patients. They lied to us. We cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. They told us there would be no mandate. Definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. Remember this one? Our interest is very simple from the federal government, which is Americans' privacy and rights should be protected. Well, how about this one? Needless to say, the right of women to make decisions about their own bodies is not negotiable. They told us that they would never do this. It is a matter of privacy to know who is or who isn't. This is one of my favorites. You don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. And this one was so crystal clear. The federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? Well, I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. And then there's this one, the creme de la creme. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. Folks, I don't care if you're on the left or the right or the middle, but we should all be concerned that we have been lied to. We have been told over and over again, there'll be no mandate. We wouldn't do this. Mandates are immoral. There's been so much flip-flopping, but I'm not flip-flopping. I'm going to tell you this now, as I've said in the past, and I'll say in the future, a vaccine mandate is immoral absolutely immoral so trump's taxi driving war protesting judge with teeth like candy corn is confessing he rigs cases and is driven by emotion not precedent the man's drunk on power and thinks he's above the law yeah i think we should have absolute immunity we're just doing a job we're all human i've made i think five thousand decisions the last count written decisions not to mention at a trial where you snap 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 decisions yeah, we should have absolute immunity. What if we defame somebody? 
um, that's how it usually comes up. You know, you call somebody a murderer or a heroin addict, that sort of thing, a pedophile. And if it's done in court, yeah, I think we should have absolute immunity. My co-host, Judge Jeanine Pirro, joins us. <laughs> when you hear a former a judge talk like that. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. When this guy says it's hard to factor out the emotions, judge, that's what you do. And if you can't do that, you don't belong on the bench. And I got to tell you, right from the get-go, what he liked about being a cabbie was the instant cash, cash, cash. <laughs> and now he's dealing with Donald Trump's financial issues. And he liked being able to drive like a maniac and not getting caught. Look, as a judge, you, there are certain standards you have to abide by, Jesse. And the, the thing that made me crazy, even crazier than all this, is when he said that uh, in defending Letitia James' prosecution of Donald Trump, albeit a civil case, he said, well, you know, he's just a bad guy that she should go after. That by itself is enough for this judge to be removed from the case. Because according to the administrative rules of the unified court system and the uniform rule of trial courts in New York, Judge, you cannot sit on a case where you have a personal bias or a prejudice uh, concerning a party. And if saying this is a bad guy that should be gone after isn't prejudice, then I don't know what is. He doesn't belong in this case. And let me go one step further. You go. How about the incompetence of his not knowing what was beyond the statute of limitations? Right. The inept, the inability to be able to assess the facts. Forget your emotions. Like when you deal with the facts, you can't figure out what is barred by the statute of limitations? Are you stupid? And so he just hit Trump with a gag order because oh. his clerk was in a photo with Chuck Schumer. Trump said this was Schumer's girlfriend, and now Trump's not allowed to say anything about anybody in the court. Is that fair play? You know what I think is the most interesting about that? That Chuck Schumer didn't answer the question, <laughs> did he, Jesse? And I'll leave it at that. Okay, we don't know if he's dating the woman or not, but I don't know. A gag order, Trump's going to break it. Uh, <laughs> you think? Judge, Bureau. yeah, that old First Amendment. You know, it always comes in to bite you. It's a tricky thing. Thank you. Well, I had my birthday recently, and this is what happened. Like, my girl got mad at me because I was not as excited <laughs> as she wanted me to be. <laughs> on my birth, <laughs> which in some way deeply hurt her feelings. <laughs> and I was sorry <laughs> for what I did to her. You know, when you're in a jam, you got a lot going on, busy life, crazy life, kids, husband, wife, whatever. You got lots on your plate and something happens to your plumbing. It can really be frustrating and pressure packed. What I like to do is just call the professionals around my life and I, whether it's I need a tooth fixed or a tune up on my body or uh, uh, the roof is leaking, my car's not working, all the things that I need to make my life work, I call a professional. So I'm going to recommend that if you have a plumbing problem, you can call Thrifty Rooter. 
And you could do that either way. If, if you're a youngster and you'd rather use your computer or your phone, just go to thriftyrooter.net and you can send a memo over there on exactly what you want. And you can see a menu at thriftyrooter.net of all the things that they do, the, the services they offer. And that's a bunch of them because they're not just some urban plumbing operation. They do urban work. And they do rural work where they have septic systems and leach lines and tanks, 2,500-gallon tanks and all those kind of things. They know how to deal with all of it. So there's a couple ways you can get, get a hold of them. You can go to thriftyrooter.net. You, you can send them. You can type in a memo and say, I need some help over here. Check off what you want and send that over, and those dispatchers will be right on you. The other way is old school. You can dial them up at an old school phone, 530-673-8201, 673-8201. All right, let's see. Let's move on to, uh, I want to go back down here a bit and finish up what I was wanting to say. I was talking about Jamal Bowman. And uh, one of the documents suggested talking points reads, I believe Congressman Bowman, when he says it was an accident. Have you ever pulled a fire alarm and it was an accident? Really? You, do, you, do you really do you believe Clinton did not inhale when he smoked weed? Do you believe a congressman... When it shows him on video pulling a fire alarm down, the, the whole lever down, setting it off, that was an accident? This is one of the top leaders in your country, one of the top 500 people running this nation, and he said it was an accident. Republicans need to instead, he says, focus their energy on the Nazi members. Honestly, okay, here's what I wanted to get to. Chris Ann Hall, who is an expert, she's a, an attorney. She once was a Russian language interpreter for the military. Then she worked in medical for a while. Then she went to become an attorney. She worked for the state of Florida as a state prosecutor. Then they, they gave her an option. They said, you can quit teaching constitutional classes at the Tea Party meetings, which was her constitutional right, since she was doing it as a civilian and not as a job. They said, you can either do that or you could, uh, or you could keep your job. So she quit and she went to full time teaching people in America their rights and, and how to understand the constitution, the history of the constitution. So you can check her out at Chris Ann Hall and uh, she's got a number of websites. Chris Ann Hall. It's K R I S A N N E, common spelling Hall. Chris Ann Hall. You should. You should. Uh, you could actually. She will teach you over the internet, or you could follow her on Facebook, or you could get uh, information dropped on her commentaries on today's. Uh, activities in the u.s and so she's making a comment on the 
tossing out of Kevin McCarthy, who is a congressman from Kern County, California, the Bakersfield area. And he lasted nine months as a speaker of the House, a very prestigious spot. And he'd wanted that for many years. When he tried to get it in 2015, there was a general sense in Washington, D.C. that he was having, even though he was married to Judy back here in Kern County, he was having relations with Renee back in Washington, D.C. Her name's Renee Elmers, and she was also a Congress member from, I believe, South... I always get the Carolinas mixed up. I get Nancy Mace is either north or south, and Renee Elmers is in north or south. Anyway, Elmers was rumored to be having, even though they were both married, she was married to a surgeon down south, and... Uh, Kevin was married to his high school sweetheart, and but but they were spending a lot of time together, and it was the uh, just assumed that they were having an affair. So when he wanted to take over for John Boehner, uh, the there were some conservative Congress people on the Republican side said, "Listen, uh, I'm open to a number of options on a speaker, but not one that's an adulterer to start off with." And uh, it was such a big deal that Kevin McCarthy decided, uh, I'll just remain a congressman and pass on the speaker thing. So then we got another real loser by the name of Paul Ryan. Now, Chris Ann Hall is trying to educate us on the, on the constitutional way to look at this situation. So listen, she's very interesting, by the way. It's just not... Uh, well, she's very interesting. The history of how we got to where we are is fascinating. She says, five things you need to know about the Speaker of the House. You ever, ever wondered? And uh, number one, she said, the Speaker has been granted the voting authority equal to five votes in most committees. Now, this isn't what the Constitution says. This is the rules they've just made up that are totally contrary to the Constitution. She said five things you need to know that that rules about the speaker. The speaker has been granted the voting authority equal to five votes in most committees. Number two, the speaker has an unfettered authority to determine what bills get voted on or not. Number three, number three the speaker controls and dictates committee appointments. Number four, party members are expected to obey the commands of the speaker or they do not get any committee appointments or bills to the floor. Number five, the speaker is the third person in line to be president of the United States. She says, removal of the speaker of the house is a short-term fix unless... We remove the unconstitutional power of the Speaker of the House. I just read you five points that are all unconstitutional powers of the Speaker. Now, she's saying if you want to really be, you know how they always say, well, I'm a constitutionalist. You know, I just saw tonight, I'm a big, I've, I've been a big Kylie fan. I've donated to his cause. And Kevin Kylie is being listed by on some deals as being about 30% of his votes are constitutional so far. 
That's a bad sign, folks. And that's what uh, Matt Gates is talking about in Congress is we need to change because this Congress is they're, they're both the same. The Democrat and Republicans are doing the same thing unless there's a change and and we get to a place where lobbyists and big pharma and other big interest groups are not control uh, controlling the congressional people unless we get rid of that and stop that and get people that won't uh be bought off kevin mccarthy from the very beginning and and before he ever went up there he started out in the assembly in california then he he, he went on up he has had a character problem. He's a liar. He's a conniver. He's a cheat. He cheated on his wife, my hunch is. And uh, he, you know what they say? The eight, the eight Republicans that joined with Democrats to throw him out. Nancy Mace, who's, who's not a very conservative Republican, she's pro-abortion. She says, and I have high respect for her in this way. She said he is a liar. He promised us all kinds of things if we would make him speaker. He made promises and he went back on them. Democrats said the same thing. Other people said the same thing. He's a liar. He's a conniver. He's owned by big money. That's called the swamp people. Now we have the same problem here in Yuba and Sutter counties where I'm speaking from. We have supervisors that are swamp people they are owned by people of influence in our community and people that are donors she says a removal of the speaker of the house is a short-term fix unless we remove the unconstitutional power of the speaker of the house in other words you vote the for those funky rules that been put into power you vote them out you said you no longer have that kind of power and uh, let me just say, let me just say it in another way. You vote out the fact that the speaker has been granted the voting authority equal to five votes. You vote out the speaker has an unfettered authority to determine what bills get voted on or not. You vote out the speaker controls and dictates committee appointments. You eliminate party members are expected to obey the commands of the speaker. And you eliminate the speaker is the third in line to the president. She says, finally, put a clean pig in the pen. But the fact is, the pen remains. Uh, but the fact remains, the pen is where every pig gets covered in mud. Now, I, I was speaking at the Freedom Co. meeting tonight, and I said, you know, we've, how many times have we voted for new candidates? And we thought, oh, he's, he's got to be willing to change. And he gets in there, and it's like he drank the Kool-Aid. What happened to him? He's got an R after his name, but he votes like a communist. She said, put a clean pig in the pen. But the fact remains, the pen is where every pig gets covered in mud. The pen is the corrupt relationships, the corrupt collusion with lobbyists and big corporations the, cor the corruption of people being immoral and people knowing about it. So when something goes down, if they don't, they bribe them with exposing their, their uh, perversion. So in Kevin McCarthy, 
wanted to, wanted John Boehner's position. One of the key Republican donors said if he did that, if he pursued that, he would expose his behavior, whatever that behavior was. He would go to the media with the behavior. And other people had questioned his faithfulness to his wife. So the uh, the donor, I can't remember whether it was Arizona or California donor, said if you put that guy in there, I'm going to go and I'm going to expose him in the media. Well, if he was... If he was innocent, why would he fear that? Just let it happen and deal with it. But but uh, McCarthy quickly stepped down, and then we went through years of other crazy people. So that's McCarthy. Now he's out. Now they're going to, you know, it's amazing to me. Think of of all the Republican congressmen talking about people in the in the uh, House of Representatives a couple hundred of them they opposed this it was the Democrats that joined with eight uh, Republicans a huge number opposed getting rid of McCarthy people like uh, Marjorie Taylor Green Kevin Kiley uh Chip Roy. A lot of people that you would uh, you would think, wow. Uh, Jordan from Oklahoma. Lots of Republicans you would have thought, ah, Scalise. They they would not go along with it. We'll talk more about it in a minute. What's going on right now? What's going on with Randy Mitchell? What's going on with Donald Trump is communism. Randy Mitchell is exactly right on the money. There's a saying, show me the man, I'll find you the crime. It's often attributed to Joseph Stalin, who was the president of Russia, the Soviet Union, what became the Soviet Union during the World War II. It's reported that he killed 25 million of his own people to keep power. Can you imagine? 25 million. It's about the state of California's population back in the 1970s. But the the phrase came from Lavrenti Lavrenti Beria, called Stalin's henchman. He played a key role in Stalin's rule and was seemingly always loyal to Joseph Stalin. He was probably most widely recognized for his longtime position as head of security police or secret police, mandated to bring to justice any people that Stalin wanted to get rid of. That's what our justice system has slid to. It's no longer about innocent until proven guilty. It's no longer about a person uh, is arrested or uh, interviewed, and then they go through a process to determine if they really did it 
and then they have to prove it with evidence, right? Stalin used Lavrenti Berea to bring to justice. I'm putting quotes around the word justice because it's not true justice. Anybody that Stalin wanted to get rid of the government of the United States, the swamp of the United States, the Democrat Party, and most Republicans, because they're no different than the Democrats. They're bought and sold. They're owned as prostitutes of big government. They have hired and paid off our Justice Department to get rid of Trump. Not to, not to uh, consider charges brought against him or accusations brought against him. They have concocted, created, designed, built scenarios to accuse him and try to cause him problems in his life. He was also the only one, Berea was the only one permitted to wear a pistol to Politburo meetings. That's political meetings of the Communist Party. The only one that could pack a pistol in Stalin's presence. Apparently, however, he also deserved credit for doing something way more important. After the U.S. deployed the A-bomb against Japan, Stalin assigned Berea, in addition to, not instead of, everything else he did, to develop nuclear weapons for the USSR. Berea wasn't even a scientist. To this end, the Soviets were receiving input from notorious American atom spies and possibly from some and others in the Allied countries. But history recounts that Berea initiated a remarkable rule for the Soviet nuclear program. Information from foreign sources was to be applied only to confirm what his own scientists had already learned. The foreign intelligence was not to be used to guide or direct his own team's research. Big shots in Stalin's government were scared to death of Berea. He was responsible for quite a few genocidal actions. These did not entail any accusation or prosecution at the individual level. It was enough that the people killed belonged to an offending group. For instance, the Katyn massacre of Polish officers where 22,000 people were killed. However, the, the quote at the, at, that I just mentioned at the top relates to the, his NKVD activity. If Stalin wanted someone killed, Berea prided himself on being always able to come up with some terrible crime the person has committed. This, this is an extreme feat in the use of what we call prosecutorial dis- discretion. We'll be right back. We'll do the second half of the show in just a minute after you listen to this class. Jason came out in the middle of Sam's. I went down there and deposited that check for that machine. 
And this young man called me, told me it would be July the 6th before I could get my money. I told him, I said, look here, you son of a bitch. That's communism. Yeah. And so they put a little girl on there, and I'm sure she was doing her job. And I got to saying, this and fuck you and fuck everything about that bank, and I'll be down to get all my fucking money out of there. I'll cash that fucking tick. I'll do whatever the fuck I want to, because I ain't going, fucker. She said, I'll have to hang up on you. I said, that's fine. I'll be down there. And I showed up down there. You know, I used to do all that shit for dope. Dope whores, dope houses, dope cooks. Yeah, I was about it, about it. Well, God got a hold of me, and I started resonating with the common man. The fucker that swells my heart, the blue collar bitch that works his ass off. Has a little sweat mixed in with his nuts. I found something worth fighting for, right? And when it comes to my business and my ability to create and build shit that's important to me, I ain't going, motherfucker. So I went on down the door and she met me at the door. And I apologized. I did. I said, you know, I, she said, Mr. Davis, we're going to make them funds available Monday. So that's good. That's good. I said, I remind her, I said, look here, woman. I'll fight for your kids. I'll fight for your children. I'll fight for this country. But I got a job and a business, and you're strangling me. And that is communism. And I'm not the one. I'm not going. And that's all it takes. That is exactly the solution to swing this shit around. You got to tell them, hey, I'll yank all my money out of your bank. I will be at the door. You will give me my check back. And I'll drive the motherfucker to Indiana to the bank that they issued it. And I'll cash the motherfucker if I have to. Right now. Right here. And if everybody gets on the same page, if we define in this nation the fucking word unity, which will be tattooed right here on me. Unity. That, hey, it doesn't matter how you have sex. We just don't want you fucking with our children. Hey, it doesn't matter what color you are, who you marry, what the fuck you believe in. All that matters is that there is opposition and you understand that it is not your fellow American. They believe, they say, they talk about the same shit you're talking about right now. The enemy is the elected officials of our government. And they must go. If you cannot stand and put your hand across your heart when a flag and a star spangled banner comes on, guess what, fucker? You need to find another country. Because we're going to get in this nation the fucking concept and idea that just like Rosa Parks on that bus said, I ain't fucking going. No more. And if I have to die tomorrow to prove it, at least I died for something that would reshape a country of greatness rather than a f***ing spoon and a dope syringe. So f***ing be it. Yeah. I've had a great life. But I want to inspire you to stand up and remind them every fucking day, hey, I ain't going fluent English. It's coming, Larry. It's just a matter of time. You know, I've been saying this for two years. Like you've been saying, it's not really 
the virus, we've been poisoned by all the stuff that's in the shots and all the EMFs and whatever else is in the air, we've been poisoned. And I've been saying the tsunami of deaths is about to arrive. And if you've got a whole bunch of family members and friends that have had at least one of the shots, I think you need to be looking at them as though they were just diagnosed with a terminal illness. Correct. Do not know how long they're going to live. I mean, sudden adult death syndrome, even though we've laughed about it, it's true. It's happening. And I think that doctors can't get their heads around it because they've mostly been shot and boosted and they're wondering if they're going to be the next ones to drop over or if they, some that still have a conscience are thinking about the people that they know that have died and they know that they're complicit. So my husband does work for that big mobile home company, but one of the perks there that they give us is they send us on these trips, unbelievable trips all over the world. But sometimes it'll be like Alaska, somewhere like that. Sometimes it's been overseas, but say for instance, Alaska, we sign up for excursions before we go. My husband signed us up to go on a float plane to see a glacier. And we walk up to this dock and there's this little float plane floating in the water. And they line us up on this dock and this little crusty man (laughs) with a pack of Marlboro Reds comes up to me and says, what do you weigh? And I lied. I lied. (laughs) And I watched nine more people. He asked nine more people, and I watched them all lie. (laughs) And I thought, oh, my Lord, we're going to go down. Anything ever gets goofy around here, broken, or I need a, a fix, a little remodeling, I always call Dave Greenitz construction. And uh, because he normally does things that are way, way more complicated and fancy than I am, I just want some basic things to work right and look okay. But he does some amazing things. So, But I also always call him because he's fast and he just knocks it out. It makes it easy for my life. Anyway, he and I and Ted Holmes, who I'm going to talk about in a minute, uh, are, are working on a volunteer project uh, over, the, over the next couple of months. And, uh, but Dave, in the meantime, makes a living running some crews, putting together new kitchens and new bathrooms for people that want a total new look and a new makeover in their house. So uh, Dave, is you can look at his operation right from your house and they've even call him up you could just snoop around do a drive-by on on the internet you can go to greenitzconstruction.com and just use the word like word green the color with etz on the end greenitzconstruction.com or you could go to his facebook page at dave greenitz construction and uh, check it out check out his work before and after if you if you're interested you could shoot him a question off those platforms or if you want to dial him up or text him very simple 530-682-9602 682-9602 now the interesting thing that i do that most 
people that advertise or promote someone. I know all these guys I'm talking about, guys and gals. And some of them have been in business like the, like the uh, Thrifty Rooter, been in business almost 50 years. Dave Green, it's same thing. Plum, uh, the uh, Ted Holmes, same thing. I got lots of people almost 50 years in, in, in work, in business. You don't stay in business that long and have a clientele that just keeps calling you. Even when COVID happened, Dave Grinnett stayed busy. So give him a shout, 530-682-9602. Also, I, Dr. Joe Cassidy came back by today. He just came back from a little getaway. And um, he and I are working together helping addicts get back on their feet, get their life back. And so all kinds of addictions. In fact, people are asking me about it at Freedom Co., so whatever the addiction, whether it's fentanyl, opiates, methamphetamine, tobacco, whatever, alcohol, he can help. So we're going to give you three numbers to write down, or you could just remember my number if all the, other, all the others fail. So he's over at Peachtree Health, and his specialty is people that need help with addiction. So you can call Peachtree at 530-749-3242. I don't like the way uh, they handle incoming calls. Sometimes it's cumbersome. Sometimes you have to wait a long time. I'm I'm nervous. I'm anxious. So I'm going to give you that, 749-3242. If you get somebody on the phone, just say uh, you are there to talk to Dr. Cassidy about addiction. and Because um, they're always going to ask you what, what your need, whatever the situation is. Anyway, if you have problems dealing with them at the front desk or you can't get through, dial up Doc's number, cell number. Text it, please. Don't call it. Text it. 530-682-8648. 682-8648. Just put in your name, addiction, and your phone number. And give him a few hours to get back to you because he might be right in the middle of seeing patients, okay? If you're not well and you're really struggling and you need some help right away, and you don't have time to wade through all this other stuff, just dial me up at 530-713-1838. 713-1838, and you can text or call me night or day, seven days a week, and we'll just get started on, on whatever the situation is there, and uh, we'll get you the help that you need. We have a lot of friends, lots and lots of friends, thousands of friends and acquaintances over the years that we've been able to help. No problem. This is not a problem. Yeah, it's it's tough getting off drugs, but you're going to have a big uh, support community around you. So uh, anyway, let's get back to Joe Stalin. And you remember I gave you the quote uh, that is being used. It's being used right now on Don Trump. Show me the man. I'll find you the crime or I'll show you the crime. Okay. They just make up crimes and, and uh, create it out of thin air. They did the same thing to me. Although I'm just really small potatoes. The, the County of Yuba subpoenaed me and tried to uh, get a restraining order on my speech about Dr. Lou, who's been killing people. And she's the health officer, been killing people and giving people uh, horrible advice, poisonous advice. Uh, and and caused a wreck of our two counties here in Yuba Sutter. The, the county of Yuba did not like my comments, so they called me into court, subpoenaed me, tried to get the, the sheriff of Yuba County to arrest me, but I hadn't committed a crime. You know, normally they used to arrest you if you actually commuted, committed a crime. 
that they really believed because otherwise, if they just went out and arrested people, you could sue them for false arrest. They have to have a legitimate reason. And the sheriff said they did not have a reason they did not commit a crime. And and so they uh, brought me into court. Now, I'm going to finish this on, on Berea, who was the assassin or the killer for Joseph Stalin. It says the basic idea is first to choose the inconvenient or disloyal person. Don Trump is an inconvenient person to the Democrats and the swamp and the Republicans. They fear him because it's going to break up the system that has made them all bajillionaires and taking care of them all these years. And what what's happening is they're selling off America. That's exactly what they're doing. They're using America like a yard sale and they're ha- all of them hand their, have their hand in the till and they're not wanting to take that hand out of the till and they really don't care whether we get a Republican president or a, or a Democrat president that those bureaucrats are going to just keep doing their job every day and cash in on all the benefits no better in the world, and then walk out with millions of dollars in their pocket. In today's Russia, and to a lesser extent China, it can be tax evasion, at least when a company's involved. In other words, that would be a charge they might do you. That's what they're doing to Trump right now. They've tried tax evasion. They've tried his business dealings, right? Or like the pitiful 1,000 insurrectionists, that, that they did on January 6th. They framed them. They The government, the FBI is perfection uh, perfectionist at entrapping people, people that weren't out to do anything wrong, but they, they didn't like their behavior, but it wasn't against the law, so they entrapped them and created a crime to implicate them in. That's what they did up there with the hostage case where they, they claimed that these guys were going to take Uh, the governor of Michigan hostage, Gretchen Whitmer, I think her name is. So, or, so it says, or like the 1000 political January 6th insurrectionists. This is a Berea intervention, Joe Stalin intervention, or like Trump himself, where the search for a crime has already taken years. Why so long? Well, the writer says, I'd say it's because Biden hadn't decided whether it was better or worse to run against Trump and what effect possibly favorable an indictment would have on his candidacy. Listen, this has been six long years now. Guys that we used to be trained to respect, the head of the FBI, the assistant head of the FBI, the head of the Department of Justice, the head of the National Security Agency, the head of the CIA, all these people lied. They lied. They didn't misspeak. They lied about the whole Russian collusion thing. And once they were exposed, nobody has done a thing about it. This is called, you show me the man and I'll find you a crime. This is straight out of the Joe Stalin playbook with Lavrenti Beria, B-E-R-I-A. Dirty dogs, criminals, killed millions and millions and millions and millions of people. 
the government of the United States has done the same. They just simply haven't killed Don Trump yet. They killed the Kennedys. They killed Martin Luther King. Those, those people weren't just weirdo racist. Killed Malcolm X. They killed with a purpose. They knew what they wanted. They wanted to preserve the swamp. In February of this year, a, a lady named Kara Castron Nuovo wrote a shocking about a shocking development in the United States government case against the Proud Boys. The Proud Boys have been blamed for the January 6th because the Proud Boys are standing up for old America. And they want to call them all skinheads or white supremacists. But some of them are black and Mexican. Kara, doing research, came across a shocking development in the U.S. government's case against the Proud Boys. It was discovered that the government itself was the author of the mysterious 1776 returns document. The 1776 returns document is the title of a nine-page paper that outlines strategic plans for the takeover of the U.S. government buildings on the 6th of January 2021, this this document said. And it, it was, uh, quote-unquote, found by the FBI. It was confirmed in court that the FBI was actually behind the document and the FBI operative, an FBI operative was the author of that document. The mysterious document was sent unsolicited to Proud Boy Chairman Enrique Tadio to his his telegram. You have a telegram, you know, the platform telegram. It was a nine page document sent to telegram right before the 6th of January by a love interest named Erica Flores. In other words, he was kind of hot with this gal, and a CIA person or FBI person gave this to Erica to give to Enrique. Enrique Tario was given years and years and years of prison for his part in January 6th. You know what his part was? He wasn't even there. And all connected to the 1776 document called 1776 Returns. Flores, Erica, reportedly testified to the January 6th committee that a government official was the author of the entire 1776 Returns document and that the FBI and CIA member or associate asked her to share it with Tario. In other words, she just thought they were other people in Proud Boys or something. She didn't know they were agents. But she just passed it on to Tario. Tario was charged with seditious conspiracy and was later found guilty along with four fellow members of the Proud Boys. Enrico Enrique Tario was sentenced to 22 years in prison, federal prison, for planning the entire seditious conspiracy. But the entire seditious conspiracy was actually concocted by the FBI and CIA and planted by Enrique's girlfriend on the Telegram channel of Enrique Tario. We now know that it was the FBI who was behind the entire conspiracy. According to a motion by attorney Roger Roots, 
He says, quote, it appears that the government itself is the author of the most incriminating and damning document in this case, which was mysteriously sent at government request to Proud Boy leader Enrique Tario immediately prior to January 6th in order to frame and implicate Tario in a government-created scheme to storm buildings around the Capitol. This is classic FBI CIA takedown efforts of planting a crime right in the midst of some organization they don't like. And they haven't found a crime, so they concoct a crime and then get prosecutors to put these people in prison. As such, Exhibit 528, or the document, 528-1, and the government's effort to frame or smear defendants with it constitutes outrageous government conduct, according to Roger Roots, the attorney for the Proud Boys. This is either entrapment or outrageous government conduct or both. Equally improper, it is a Brady violation because the Department of Justice must surely have known these revelations before putting Special Agent Dubrowski on the stand on February 9th to introduce this evidence. I'm sorry. You know, I I was going to say I'm sorry. I'm not sorry at all. I'm I'm just not sorry. I'm just sick of it. I'm just, it's just, you know, I used to have great respect for law enforcement. This is just too much for me. The poorly written and sketchy 1776 returns which allegedly created by a government official who claimed to have been groomed to join the FBI and CIA. You wonder, oh, I wonder who this guy is. I'll tell you. The individual's name is Samuel Arms. A-R-M-E-S. He wrote it. He's a former State Department and Special Ops official who was the who was interviewed by the committee, January 6th committee, the Fraud Committee. Arms passed the document to his love interest or his girlfriend. To not his girlfriend, but the girlfriend of Enrique Tarrio. Named he, he testified all this. That means that the most damning document in this trial was authored by the intelligence community. Someone groomed by the FBI itself, said Roger Roots, the Proud Boys attorney. And the CIA and FBI asset requested Tario's friend to share the document. I've already, I've already said all that. I'm just saying I'm now quoting right from the court. Listen, people, if you think that Don Trump had any responsibility for January 6th, you're just simply watching CNN and being stupid. You have no idea what you're talking about. If you think somehow the Republicans had anything to do with January 6th, you're, it just, it's, it's bizarre. The government of the United States, the deep state, the swamp, created the chaos and the storming and the insurrection at the uh, Capitol buildings. They did it. Not the average person that just went over there to protest. You can see it on the films. That's why. Do you realize that Kevin McCarthy refused? They, had, they have thousands of hours in films. And the media wants to look at them. Do you know that Kevin McCarthy. I'm putting quotes around this. Our Republican speaker is supportive of keeping those January 6th people locked up. 
He will not let those those uh, film uh, hours and hours, thousands of hours in films. He will not let them out into the public and let them be reviewed. Back in the day, Arms was solicited and groomed when he was at the University of Florida, I think. University of South Florida. He said he got a degree in international finance, economics, and intel studies. He was being groomed to work with either of those agencies. He was interviewed, and the interview here is right what he said, what the January 6th committee asked, what he said, what they asked, what he said, what they asked. It's all right here. I got the whole thing on my on my computer, the 1776 document. It was this kid, he's a youngster, that wrote this to take these people down, to take good American patriots down. He destroyed their lives. I hope this guy rots in hell, arms. Nice looking guy, Samuel Arms. I hope he rots in hell. Can you imagine? We have we've had people that have killed themselves that were innocent, and they were going to go to prison because these crazy judges are putting everybody in prison over there for no evidence. One guy hung himself because he he couldn't stay in jail. He didn't do anything wrong, and he wasn't going to stay. So he just said, "I'm out of here." Arms is dirty. Ray is dirty. Merrick Garland is dirty. These people need to be hung. These people need to be tried and shot. These people, these Comey, Clapper, all these people, Brennan, they, they're dirty. They're criminals. They are much more criminals than, than Putin of Russia. This support of McCarthy and all these Republicans of Ukraine is nuts. It's just supporting the military industrial complex. It is crazy insane. We'll be right back. agents or assets of the government were present on January 5th and January 6th and agitating in the crowd to go into the Capitol and how many went into the Capitol? Can you answer that now? I don't know the answer to that question. Oh, last time, you don't know how many there were or there were none? I don't know the answer to either of those questions. If there were any, I don't know how many. You've I don't know whether there are any. I think you may have just perjured yourself that you don't know that there were any. You want to say that again, that you don't know that there were any? I have any? no personal knowledge of this matter. I think what I said the you've, last time. You've had two years to find out, 
And the day, by the way, that was in reference to Ray Epps, and yesterday you indicted him. Isn't that a wonderful coincidence? On a misdemeanor. Meanwhile, you're sending grandmas to prison. You're putting people away for 20 years for merely filming. Some people weren't even there yet. You've got the guy on video who's saying go into the Capitol. He's directing people to the Capitol before the speech ends. He's at the site of the first breach. You've got all the goods on him, 10 videos, and it's an, and it's an indictment for a misdemeanor? The American public isn't buying it. I submit to you the COVID-19 vaccines and all of their progeny and future boosters are not safe for human use. I implore you as a governing body, the European Medicine Agency, to apply all pressure and due urgency to remove the COVID-19 vaccines from market. In the United States, it's going jurisdiction by jurisdiction, probably state by state will remove them off the market if the federal government doesn't do so. It's gonna happen, it's gonna happen all over the world. The WHO is standing behind these vaccines. They are far more of a problem than a help to the European Union. And it's my belief that the European Union, the United States, and all major stakeholders should actually completely pull out of the WHO and leave the WHO to its own endeavors uh, not to have any jurisprudence, any dominion over what we do in healthcare. WHO will never have dominion over what I do as a practitioner uh, with patients in my practice. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. Thank you so much for having me. I'm not a fan of war, but you know, if it wasn't for the war, we would, you know, we'd be on our third wave right now. So we got to credit, you know, credit where credit's due. I don't know. It's kind of weird timing, right? That war didn't have Fauci would still be on the TV right now. Dr. Fauci, you said two weeks to flatten the curve. What I actually said was we are too weak to flatten the curve. It's not, if it wasn't for the war, he'd be on the TV right now explaining why we need our 30th shot. You know, the first shot really is just to loosen up the vein and sort of get it ready for the second, third, and fourth dose. The fifth, sixth, and seventh are really to create a FISA community within the body so that the eighth, ninth, and tenth feel seen and heard. Eleven and twelve are just placebos, and since thirteen's an unlucky number, we go right to fourteen through twenty. Once 110% of the country is vaccinated, then we can dig up the deceased, revaccinate them, then individually vaccinate every sperm in the country so babies come out pre-protected. And then as far as reopening, once we end racism, get Putin out of power, start up Will Smith and Johnny Depp's career again, we could start thinking about the idea of pondering the possibility of conceptualizing the notion of reopening around Christmas 2059, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. What actual evidence do you have as opposed to allegations to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about political revenge. This isn't about political revenge. We have the bank accounts. Ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. It's not normal to have 20 shell companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, 
corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the vice president at the time on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a bitch, the prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look, I'll turn it over to the attorneys. People can't see that. They think it's political revenge. It's because you don't report on it. All right, this is our fifth segment, and uh, I want to mention uh, Ted Holmes and the plumbing doctor. He also has liftoff floors. If you need a floor removed, maybe you have tile on it or carpet or something glued on there, and you need to take it up. It's a big pain. You want to put a new floor down, they can take it up real easy. Sometimes they do these big warehouses or Sam's Clubs or whatever, take up a floor and then make it beautiful, getting ready to put in a smooth floor. Plumbing Doctor is another one of his businesses. They'll help you with any of your plumbing needs in Yuba Sutter areas. 530-671-9111, 671-9111. But if you have a, need a floor removed or you need plumbing, Ted Holmes can help you with that. And uh, Ted and I, like Dave and I, like Dave Granitz, have been friends for over 40 years. Amazing. Just amazing. It's phenomenal is what it is. Good people. It's been such a pleasure to get to to uh, work and uh, just do life with these guys and their their families. They're just super super people. So, uh, all right, I'm I'm kind of losing my way. I'm I'm trying to get back to where I was. I'm almost there. I'm, I'm really close. Be patient. So I wanted to read uh Okay, here we go. All right. So you remember these big city mayors saying these liberal mayors saying we need to help people, be be sympathetic, be passionate. And so once the, uh, as the borders continue to be open and hundreds of thousands of people from all over the world now have just walked into the United States within, without any accountability, they start showing up in these big cities like L.A., New York, um, What else? Let's see. Philadelphia, Portland, Seattle, Chicago. And they're breaking the cities because you have a certain amount of money that you use to do your budget. And when you add housing, tens of thousands of people and feeding them all day and taking care of their medical and their housing and washing their clothes and on and on and on and on and on assigning people to work with them to get proper permits. So, so suddenly, New York Governor Hochul, New York City Mayor 
Eric Adams, and even Bill Clinton are turning against the open borders disaster that's seeing Democrat-run cities overrun with invading migrants. I've seen a few groups around here that look like migrants that uh, have no idea what they're doing roaming around the streets here. Not saying they're bad people. Maybe they are, maybe they are. I'm just saying they don't look like they have a purpose here or a plan here. They've been just let loose in society. Have you ever seen a stray dog show up at your house and you think, oh, cute dog, nice dog, it's a shame, wonder who he belongs to. But he isn't He isn't behaving correctly. <clears throat> He's acting like he doesn't belong to you, but he needs some help. Do you know? Do you know the look? Even though they literally beg for the world's migrants to come to the cities and the states at one time. You remember this? Gavin Newsom. So proud having a sanctuary state. So proud having sanctuary San Francisco, right? People are getting killed by these folks. Not all of them. Molested. Remember Castro? When he released a lot of people to come to the United States? They were molesters. He released the dirtiest people. He released the people that he didn't even want to have in Cuba anymore. He sent them to the United States. We took them. Democrats are now suffocating under the enormous costs of housing these immigrants while providing essential services. Man, it's man. When you take on, take on a few people and have them move into your home. See how that works out for you cost wise. I want you to start paying attention. New York City, Chicago, L.A., Seattle, Portland, Philadelphia, they're all going broke, folks. And the common denominator is they're run by liberal politicians, Democrats. And they're turning, they're plunging into violence because they, their police departments are far understaffed. Oakland, Berkeley, way understaffed. Law enforcement, no jobs, businesses have closed. The majority of businesses, they say the vacancy rate is at 40% in the city of San Francisco. I think it's way worse than that. When you can go down the street with a camera, with a video, and you just walk by block after block after block after block after block of once bustling Market Street and other main streets in San Francisco, and there are no businesses in those Buildings, runaway crime near collapse of essential city services. Budgets are gone, baby. It's I'm telling you, I used to go every once in a while, see one of those sci-fi flicks. You've seen them when when it's a big urban area and there's cars tipped over. There's there's wild dogs running the streets and tumbleweed blowing down the streets and nobody on the streets. And you just think, wow, is that even possible? How could a how could how could a society get there? I'm telling you, you're going to see it in your lifetime. You're going to see it. I told you before when I came back from San Francisco uh, Airport a few weeks ago. If you're if you're new to California, that's south. I live north of San Francisco about two and a half hours on a good day, no traffic. 
you got to drive about 30 minutes past San Francisco, get down to South San Francisco, and that's where the wonderful airport, it's a good airport. But when I fly out of there or I fly back in there and have to come through the traffic of, of, of uh, rush hour, particularly on Friday, it's just gruesome, really gruesome. And I was worried about this last team. I had a team of eight, and we were flying back in there. I thought this has been a good trip. It's been a good flight, a good itinerary, but this land time is rough. And we just drove right through the traffic. There was traffic, but it wasn't like stopped on the freeway for hours. And it showed the city has disappeared. People have disappeared from the city. The buildings are still standing. But the, the, it is not the hub, and it will never be the hub that it once was. It's over. But it's not just over there. It's over all over the United States where these cities are. It's crazy. Really crazy. Um. Let's see. I want to let me just pick and choose a little bit. I want to talk about Kevin McCarthy. I I I made some comments early as ousted from the House. Nancy Mace, who I I like her, but she does not share. You know, it, people don't have to uh, agree with me for me to like them. It's pretty serious when you believe in abortion and it kills babies, but. She was elected by the citizens of her state. And uh, when she said to one of the uh, business people on Fox News that she was not going to put up with McCarthy's lies any longer, I thought, all right, girl, because all those other Republicans were looking the other way on his lies because they're getting something else out of it. I want you to think of 200 Republicans that vote for McCarthy when he didn't follow through with his promises to a particular Freedom Caucus. They wanted the swamp when, when you know, it's interesting, a lot of us that wanted Trump to be elected and wondered how he couldn't do more and how he would choose this person who would backstab him. I'm telling you, it showed how bad things really were in Washington and how unreliable the recommendations people made to Don Trump on hire this lady, hire this guy, do this, do that. He hired him, and they stabbed him in the back, or they were horrible at their job. They were setting Don Trump up for a bust. They were sabotaging his presidency he was being sabotaged by his own people i'm putting own people in quotes because they weren't really his people but he thought they were kevin mccarthy this is the only time in the history of america that the house speaker was removed on a motion to vacate 216 to 210 vote was significant. And Mr. Gates got eight Republicans. They got 11 Republicans to avoid the first attempt to 
win for McCarthy was to table the resolution. And 11 Republicans joined to keep it from being tabled. When it finally went to a vote, there were eight Republicans that joined 208 Democrats to throw him out. People like Boebert from Colorado were not involved in this. Marjorie Taylor Greene, not involved. Chip Roy, not involved. In fact, he cussed and cussed people out from Texas. These people are being exposed, many of them, as rhinos. Same-o, same-o. Do you know that we haven't had a budget in years? They just passed these, what they call CRs, continuing resolutions. What happened to Doug, Doug LaMalfa? What do you think he did? Same-o, same-o. He's a swamper. He's just, he is everything, everything evil about the swamp, Doug LaMalfa. In fact, Gallagher here in, in Yuba City, serving here in California, is a McCarthy guy. He's another swamper. He's not a true Republican. These guys hate to be called rhinos. They're not, they're not true Republicans. They're not, they're not conservative people. They're not constitutionalists. And they're, they're not much different than their Democrat colleagues. They might differ with them on some specific issues. One of, one of Gates' principal, Matt Gates from Florida, his principal complaint against the speaker was that he had passed legislation with Democrat votes that a majority of the Republicans opposed. The speaker didn't even, wasn't even aligned or favorable to his own party. Remember John Boehner, the drunk? He was the same as McCarthy. He wanted somebody to just look just like him. Boehner was just such a disgusting person. But I wonder what happened to, you know, it's just interesting how you think you figure these people out and then they just turn out to be something else. I'm just, uh, I'm pondering where to go with this because I'm sure it's just all over the news. So the eight, the eight Republicans that, that were key to joining with the Democrats to throw out McCarthy were Andy Biggs of Arizona, Ken Buck of Colorado, Matt Gates of Florida, Nancy Mace of South Carolina, Tim Burkett or Burchett, Tennessee, Eli Crane, former military uh, Navy guy. I don't know whether he's Navy SEAL or not. Eli Crane, Arizona, Bob Good of Virginia, and Matthew Rosendale, Montana. I found Tim Burchett. I saw him interviewed by uh, Kill. I call what? What's that guy's first name? Kilmead. Last name Kilmead. Brian. Brian, don't kill me. That's that's my new name on. Brian Kilmeade was so furious. It was like he lost his allowance. He was his eyes were watering. He was so mad at Tim Burchett or Burkett, B-U-R-C-H-E-E-E-T. 
he mocked Tim Burchett by saying that he talked to uh, the House Speaker McCarthy, and he had made a comment that he was praying about what to do. He's a, obviously a Christian guy. Kill me just mocked him the fact that he would pray that he prayed about it and then decided to vote him out. These people are fed up with the way that Washington is working, whether it's Democrat or Republican. They're fed up. You think a lot of the others think about it being fed up, but Kevin Kiley didn't go along with it. Doug LaMalfa didn't go along with it. Bobert didn't go along with it. Green didn't go along with it. McCarthy kissed up to Green, gave her everything she wanted. Andy Biggs uh, has been a member of the House Freedom Caucus, Heritage Foundation, conservative dude, Ken Buck, attends the House Judiciary Committee hearing. Uh, let's see. Let me give you something about Ken Buck. Member of the Hard Right House Freedom Caucus. If you hear that House Freedom Caucus, those folks are throwing down against these people. Matt Gates. Uh, he's a pro-Trumper. A lot of these people in on the Republicans are not pro-Trump. I don't care what they say. McCarthy was a backstabber with Trump. Chip Roy was a backstabber with Trump. I don't care how, how hot under the collar they get. Nancy Mace. Moderate views on abortion rights have previously pitted her against conservatives in her party. She said McCarthy didn't fulfill his promises. He was speaker for what, about nine months? He's out. She said, including those he promised to have helped women. Tim Burchett. Uh, he's the guy that Brian don't kill me. He describes himself as a physically conservative Republican. I'm telling you, I would have been right beside him throwing these people out. He said, we failed to do our job and then passed a temporary spending bill to extend the deadline like we do every other year. These Republicans are no different than, than the Democrats. And it's true here. That's why they're not running California. Because California conservatives are sick of people like James Gallagher. Just sick of it. He's not the House whip for the Republicans, the minority whip. He's the minority wimp. Eli Crane, a U.S. Navy veteran, I think he was a Navy SEAL, who's a staunch critic of McCarthy's decision to rely on Democrat support to pass the stopgap bill. He said, you're out of here, dude. He's done with that. We want a balanced budget. Bob Good, former banker at Citibank, was one of about 20 hardliners who initially opposed McCarthy's bid to become the speaker in the first place. Remember all those people opposed it? Republican uh, Representative Matt or Matthew Rosendale of Montana. He's been involved with the Heritage Foundation, the Freedom Caucus. 
He also didn't want McCarthy to begin with. I didn't want McCarthy to begin with. Why? Because he's dirty. So there were 11 Republicans that voted against tabling the motion or ditching the motion before they could vote on it. And that's, I don't know if you've seen this Ukrainian woman. She's blonde. She speaks with a thick accent. She's great. Victoria Sparts of Indiana. Another one, Corey Mills of Florida and Warren Davison of Ohio. They kept them from, from uh, tabling it, but they still didn't. They weren't a part of the eight. We're going to come right back for the last segment. And uh, we got a few clips for you here. Be right back. illegal immigrants in New York City right now? Right. That is 0.1% of the total amount of illegal immigrants that have come into this country under President Joe Biden's. And the mayor of New York is standing up saying, we, we, we can't handle this. It's, we, we can't do this. I agree with the mayor on that point. He can't. He can't handle it. It was earlier said um, by Mr. Reichlin Melnick that he couldn't imagine anything, and I'm quoting here, there can't be anything worse than taking a child from a parent's arms. Did you say that today at this hearing? Yes. Okay, there can't be anything worse than taking a child from a parent's arms. A hundred plus thousand children from the age of 18 into their mid-20s, early 30s, young adults have died as, as a result of the poisoning of fentanyl this year. Does that count? If you, know, if you try to define what makes a police state, what defines a society like North Korea, China, the old Soviet Union, you'd have to say mass surveillance, widespread censorship, uh, political targeting, the effort to establish a one-party state and eliminate effective opposition, uh, political prisoners, and all of these things, all of these defining features of a police state we now see in the United States right around us. So suddenly it's not so easy to say that we are in a casual way, we are a free country, we're part of the free world and all those guys are part of the unfree world. And so that's, what, that's the question that this film examines in a very serious way. Are we becoming right under our noses a police state? The gentleman from Florida. My colleague says we've passed the strongest border bills in history. Well, guess what? Look at the border right now. We didn't use sufficient leverage in the debt limit or in any other thing to actually get results on the border. The border is a disaster, really something I don't think you're going to be campaigning on that you fix the border. Second, you said you streamlined regulations. What the gentleman from Louisiana doesn't tell you is that all of the regulatory reform he was just bragging about is waivable by the stroke of a pen of someone in the Biden White House. Do you really think you've got anything for that? It's a total joke. And then finally, the welfare to work that the gentleman from Louisiana said we got. The welfare programs that they said that they streamlined with their welfare to work stuff, they're actually gonna grow. 
because while they did work requirements, they blew out those programs with expanded eligibility. I'm real glad you guys didn't put work requirements on Medicaid. It probably would have resulted in Medicaid expansion. And when it comes to how those raise money, I take no lecture on asking patriotic Americans to weigh in and contribute to this fight from those who would grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership, who have, oh, boo all you want, who have hollowed out this town and have borrowed against the future of our future generations. I'll be happy to fund my political operation through the work of hardworking Americans, 10 and 20 and $30 at a time, and you all keep showing up at the lobbyist fundraisers and see how that goes for you. I reserve. Back is time. The gentleman from Florida is recognized with three minutes remaining. To be clear, I tried to get one of the three podiums on the Republican side, and y'all wouldn't let me have them, so he sent me over here. But you know what? I'll make this argument at any desk in this building, from the well, from the chair. I'll make it on every street corner in this country that Washington must change. We have to break the cycle. We have to break the fever. And I would hope Truly, that the reforms that we are fighting for are reforms that would last and be embraced and that would democratize power in this institution beyond the privileged few who back us up against shutdown politics and, and Christmases and deadlines in order to achieve their objectives. Mr. Speaker, high inflation is on the verge of bankrupting American families. Our economy is breaking in half. A typical American family can't afford to buy a house in 99% of U.S. counties. Inflation is stealing more than $700 a month from working Americans, nearly $9,000 a year. Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House of Representatives, and he has failed to take a stand where it matters. So if he won't, I will. I make no apologies for defending the right of every hardworking American to afford a decent life for themselves and their families. And we have a greater opportunity to do that and to build coalitions under new leadership. We have to rip off the Band-Aid. We have to get back on a better course. And Mr. Speaker, I don't know how this vote's gonna go. Usually when a vote comes to this floor, it's pretty predetermined. And this one, I'm not so sure. But I am sure that we've made the right argument, that this place deserves single subject spending bills, that we should have 72 hours to read a bill, that something that spends more than $100 million shouldn't be put on the suspension agenda such that we can't amend it. And there shouldn't be secret side deals made on a continuing resolution to lump Ukraine in with border security. That is, a, that is not right for Ukraine or border security because it fails to give either of those issues the dignity that they would require. But we can return that dignity to this House. We can get back on a better path. We can have single subject appropriations bills. We can set a budget, a budget top line. We haven't had a budget in this place since I was in high school. So let's get a budget. Let's get our act together. Let's get on with it. Let's vacate the chair and let's get a better speaker. I yield back. Baby, say goodbye today. We tried our best. It was a little too late. Baby, knowing that the fires are gone. But where were we when it all went wrong? All right, this is our last segment. Uh, 20-minute segment. Uh, if you're thinking about pulling your child out of school, uh, I'm going to give you, there's a lot of options in the Yuba Sutter area if you're around this area of Northern California, but a bunch of uh, uh, parents and uh, teachers that were locked out of schools uh, 
during COVID started their own school. And they wanted to find a place around town. They couldn't find one. So finally, Glad Tidings extended a welcome to put them there until they could find something better. So they've been out there for a couple of years. I think this is actually their third year, but just they started with a part year at 1179 Eager Road in, in Yuba City, north of Yuba City on the way to Live Oak. You can go out in Highway 99 or out Live Oak Boulevard and then cross over 1179 Eager. You can reach them at 530-671-3171, extension 501. That's EPIC, E-P-E-C. And I would highly recommend it. Why? Because I know the people and I know what's going on over there. It's called Embassy Private Educational Center. EPIC. So they are doing school over there Monday through Thursday. And then they leave, uh, they, they double use on Friday with a group called Arrow Education, which is a collaborative of parents who want to homeschool their kids. So this is a private school, Christian school, uh, also has a preschool, and it's Monday through Thursday, 8.20 a.m. to 3.15 in the afternoon. They do have Monday through Friday office hours. You could email them at, if you want to find out more about it at epic, E-P-E-C, at churchofgladtidings.com. So there's all kinds of ways you can look at more information. They got admissions, Friday Enrichment, Junior Junction Preschool. Let's just see what admissions says. So uh, you can uh, check out Epic Takes New Students Throughout the Year. K through 12 application, uh, tuition, junior junction. That's the uh, preschool. Anyway, you can find out a lot about it. They did have some cool uh, videos on here, but they might have removed them. And I don't know why they did that. Maybe there was a problem with them, but they were really cool videos of students that had had major breakthroughs in their lives. And uh, I'm going to have to ask them why they did that. But if you want to get on board, they're taking students. They expanded. We added modulars new bathrooms, bunch of stuff to help them. So 530-671-3171, extension 501. And if you are a homeschooler and public schools, government schools are freaking you out, I'm going to encourage you to go over to Arrow Education. And that is at, uh, I'm going to try to give you an email let me see here. I'm almost there. Right here. Okay. So Arrow Education uh, was formed during COVID when kids could not go to school. And uh, oh, it's not wanting me to, it's not letting me open that up for some reason. It's just not letting me open that up. Anyway, Arrow Education, if you dial 530-671-3160, you can ask for Arrow Education. They'll hook you up. So kids were dry, you know, kids were going crazy sitting home all day during COVID. So we opened up the church 
uh, campus to kids coming out. I think they came out for half days and did all kinds of educational things, did exercises, did uh, games, food, had a great time. And so that that grew into Arrow Education, where it was a collaborative where parents that were homeschooling their kids could all work together, share best practices, share great ideas, share curriculums, and uh, ideas where to go on field trips, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what Arrow Education is. It doesn't cost anything. I mean, I think it might cost $20 a semester or something. But... Uh, but it's all held right out there at the Church of Glad Tidings campus. Really safe. It's huge. It's got a lot of uh, got an indoor. If it's raining, it's got an indoor gym, um, nice gymnasium. It's got other a lot of a lot of facilities that aren't being used during the day that the kids could really enjoy, and have a good meal together, have some fun, meet some new friends, etc. So, all I want to mention, I just stumbled across uh, trying to get. I'm going to have that that link at Arrow Education is broken. I'll report that tomorrow. But we created, uh, during COVID, we created a poster, 11 by 17 poster. It's a beautiful poster. It's a patriotic looking poster. And it says, as free Americans, we will not comply with unconstitutional medical or political mandates that violate our basic rights. Some people had problems. We made these to put up in store windows to tell the government we weren't going to cooperate with the mandates. Some businesses took them, and we didn't charge for them. They're expensive posters. They're, a lot of them are laminated, makes them last longer, of course. It's got a beautiful American flag, a picture of the Constitution, a picture of the head of an eagle. It's a beautiful poster. And uh, some people... Uh, had a problem with them and afraid it was going to hurt their business of putting up something that they were just going to be a good American. And so uh, we think that there's going to be another shutdown coming, and we don't believe the supervisors are going to protect us. We don't believe law enforcement really going to protect us against the shutdown. They might keep protect our constitutional rights, but we're going to have to stand up for them. So uh, I'm just trying to get back to the page I was on. I don't know whether I'm going to make it or not. So anyway, the uh, we made these posters, and if you want one for your business or if you have a spot, maybe it's an office or whatever you have, it's a nonprofit. It doesn't have to be a profit-making business. It's just a place where people come. And if you've got a place where people come that you want to put up one of these signs, it just you can just tape it into the window of your door or the window of your office if you're in kind of a suite situation. And you can just put it there, and uh, you can put it on the inside and tape it from the back. And it's a really classy poster. So if you've got any interest in those posters, you can give me a call at or text at 530-713-1838, and I can... I can leave them out at my where I live, downtown Marysville, and you can slip by and pick one up or two or if you need more than more than that. They're cool posters. And uh, I also have some no trespass signs that uh, we created to keep the government off your property unless they have a warrant in case they want to come on your property and investigate without a warrant or they want to come on your property and can try to convince you to take the jab or check on children 
If they don't have a warrant, they don't have any business on your property. So uh, I have some free signs for that as well. So also I want to mention to you uh, the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association is trying to put on the uh, November 2024 ballot the um, repeal the death tax measure. So if you go to repeal the death tax, let me see if I can do that. Let me see if maybe my... Maybe I've lost contact with. uh... The Internet. Oh, there that comes up, I guess. Glad tidings is just having problems. So if you go to repeal the death tax. uh, Just type in repeal the death tax and it'll bring you up to a page called repeal the death tax says now available download the official legal petition to put the repeal the death tax initiative on the November ballot. It tells you all the, you can download and print off the, the uh, actual petition. You can fill out the petition. Two of you can fill out one sheet. If you have five or six people in your family, just print off more and you can print and sign the petition with paper and ink. It can't be done electronically. you got to print it off, sign it, and then they're going to give you an address. You can fold it up and send it in, okay? And this is a big deal. This is going to save you hundreds of thousands of dollars. It could save you hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's going to save, I'm talking about you, I say your family. When this, this involves... Repealing the Proposition 20 that people were deceived to pass in 2020. Proposition 19. I, I may have misspoken. It's Proposition 19. is repealing what Proposition 19 did in 2020, which was remove the protections when you as a parent want to give your children or you as a grandparent want to give your grandchildren property businesses, assets. Uh, it prevents the government from revaluing or reassessing those properties and jacking up the taxes to where your loved ones can't afford to keep your property and they just got to liquidate to pay off the taxes. Now this goes back and repeals that death. That's called a death tax. They're going to, this will repeal the death tax. What, what we need is get your, we need a lot of signatures. It'll tell the whole story here. I don't have time to do the whole story here. It tells the whole story. Repeal the death tax. Just type that in your browser. It'll come up. And uh, it, with HJTA.org, Howard Jars Tap, Taxpayers Association. It, you, so you don't have to go fill out it and uh a petition somewhere else. You can do it all yourself and send it in. They even have videos. They have all kinds of things. We're going to have a sign-up day at Church of Glad Tidings, and uh, we'll have some. If you don't have a printer, or you have problems, maybe you don't have a computer. Maybe you just have a phone that you're looking this up. You can get petitions or sign out of Church of Glad Tidings. They're open Tuesday through Friday, eight to four. At 1179 Eager Road, you can sign the petition there. 
Uh, it doesn't matter which county you're in in California. We just need to sign a, if you're in Butte County, we just need to put Butte at the top of the petition. If you're in Calusa, Calusa. So if you have problems doing this on your own, you can call uh, Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. They will actually mail you a, uh, you can look up their phone number on their website they will mail you they just may draw actually they didn't mail they dropped by a whole stack of petitions for me because i'm gonna do a sign up at church of glad tidings because there's isn't a person there that's not going to save tens of thousands of dollars uh in handing off their property you know it's the same thing as if you don't do a will you just die and just all your stuff's just sitting around so then people got to argue over who it belongs to then the government takes most of it because you're too stupid and too lazy to to face death and to make a plan to give the, your property to your loved ones and save the money. You can even put it in what they call a trust. In fact, my friend Nellie at North Valley Paralegal makes trusts. You can put it in a trust, and it just bypasses the government. So I'm trying to tell you things that are going to make you uh, or save your loved ones a lot of money instead of your loved ones thinking of you with disdain like how come he's so stupid how come he didn't like take care of business how come he caused this all this headache for us like take care of business now let's repeal the death tax we're working against the democrats and the republicans in california we got we got james gallagher in district three here claiming he's a republican and a christian guy and he actually voted and encouraged people to vote for Prop 19 to take money out of the pockets of families. How does that work? How's that? How's that conservative ever? That's communist. The communists are wanting to always take property from people. So that's repeal the death tax. You can also go into Reform California. I believe that's Reform. Let's see. Is that ReformCalifornia.org? Let me try this. I should just copy all these down, Reform California. It's all, yeah, reformcalifornia.org. So you can go there, and they're trying to change the way we vote in the state. And you can go there and sign a petition there as well to change our voting system so that's another one now if you're in in sutter county and you're in the rural areas of sutter county outside the cities of live oak and yuba city there is a citizens initiative to fund sutter fire department it serves the rural area of sutter county and so you have an opportunity to put this on the ballot to raise more money. It's not a new tax. It's repealing the, the parcel tax to support Sutter Fire. It's repealing that because it wasn't a good tax. Do you think a good tax is when they just tax certain people and not everybody, if everybody's going to benefit from emergency services? Some farmers, big big landowners, didn't even have to pay anything. You think that's fair? You think that farmers should get a pass? 
get free services while you have to maybe you're you're working for twenty dollars an hour fifteen dollars an hour you're you're struggling you got to pay the tax but farmers get off other people get off well that's the way that that was written in 1997 now they're rewriting it some local folks are rewriting it and they're putting it on the ballot to repeal it both repeal and renew the tax but have uh inflation risers in it as costs go up the tax goes up a bit but it also taxes everyone instead of letting somebody get a free ride tired of free rides aren't you so the way you can sign that we need people out in the rural areas to help get signatures and to sign so you can call liz cervantes at 530-632-632 Six one nine five six three two six one nine five, and she will uh, get you the documents. You have to have a number of documents, not just the forms to sign, but if you need to explain to people what it's all about, they need to be able to read it right there in in a uh, legal form, the purpose and the details, so they're fully informed. There's complete consent, and then they can sign it to put on the ballot. It doesn't mean it's going to pass. You've got to put it on the ballot. Then they got to vote on it. So it's putting it on the ballot. And so that's Liz Cervantes, 530-632-6195, and that will uh, get a new parcel tax because why are we even doing this? You know, you hire, you hire uh, supervisors. You vote them in. To take care of what? What's the most important thing? Public safety, right? And then they claim they get short of funds because they paid overpaid their staff and they got too much staff and they can't afford the retirement benefits. So they say, well, we're, we're not funding Sutter Fire anymore. We're not going to, we don't fund Sutter Fire. And they're lying. They're just lying. That's all. Politicians, it's it's a it's a trait, it's DNA of politicians. They lie to look good. So uh, they said we're not funding Sutter Fire anymore. The citizens are saying, well, if you're not funding them, we are, and we're going to redo the parcel tax, and we're going to get enough money out of that, and then we're going to take away from you the ability to try to float other taxes and always say, what do they always say when they ask you for more money? Well, we need it for police and fire, right? It's a carrot and the stick. It's all a scam. It's a mirage. They say, see out there, see that water on the road? It's a mirage. The whole deal about we need, oh, police and fire, police and fire, police. No, we want them to get rid of a million-dollar executive office that uh, Attaboy and Attagirl run over there. We want them to get rid of the mental health office over there where they pay five or six psychiatrists anywhere from between 300000 and $700,000. Can you imagine paying people that? And a lot of those people don't even come to work. You know what they do? They talk to people on a, on a computer screen and sit around their pajamas all day. I'm just telling you how it is. If you want to make up some fairy tale and live in some la-la land and smoke weed at home all day, it's a free country. You can do that. Smoke bud. Just don't get any with fentanyl in it or life will be the last last puff you take. Well, I think I ran out of time, so I'm calling it quits. And I'm going to uh, 
be happy to package this up for Tanner Martis. So see you next week, Lord willing, and God bless you. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Skies are blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day and the dark sacred 